I'm going to do a little more teaching than preaching tonight. And welcome to February, amen? In case you don't know, February 14th is coming up, a.k.a. Single Awareness Day, amen? I'm teasing. But I want to talk to you a little bit tonight, and I hope you're open to this, because I believe this is, this is an area where the church has missed it for a long time. And I know February is a month of love, amen? Come on. I was in a church in St. Louis, a friend of mine's, and the Isley Brothers go to church. Remember the Isley Brothers? Some of y'all remember the Isley Brothers. That song, it's your thing, do what you want to do. Some of y'all, huh? It's okay. Just goes to show you're part of single awareness to amen. I want to talk to you tonight a little bit out of the book called The Song of Solomon. Oh, baby. I'd tell you this. It's the most neglected book in the Bible. And I believe, stay with me, that the church has missed it big time in this area. And the reason, that, as a result of the church missing it big time in this area, now we've got all kinds of identity issues within the church and outside. Oh, we can't talk about that. Well, that's the problem. You should be talking about it. Because let me help you. If you're not going to teach your kids, who's going to? Now, the Song of Solomon, I will warn you, is an R-rated book. When I say R-rated, I mean realistic. Real life. Come on, somebody. And all the married people said? All the not-so-married people, stay away from that book. Amen. But I'm serious. The church has been afraid to teach this type of stuff and preach this type of stuff. And you got the same mess in the church that you have out there. Right? Because we tiptoed around the tulips. Not me. I'm like a bulldozer through the tulips. Amen? <laughs> and I don't mean to offend people. I really don't. But I thought about this. If God is the author of love, which he is, say amen. amen. Then why not go to God and God's word on what he has to say about the subject? And in fact, God thought it so important, he dedicated a whole entire book to it. It's still one of the 66 books of the Bible, I'll have you know. I know preachers don't have the intestinal fortitude to preach from it anymore. Or, oh, you can't talk on that matter. Why? What's the alternative? I'm putting, I'm going to say it again. I said it the last couple of weeks. We'll say it again. We got school administrations putting litter boxes in a school. That's the alternative? Because we weren't afraid to talk about SEX in church? God talk about it. Can I take a step further? God's the author of it. All the married people said? Amen. Come on. All the husbands, amen. <laughs> All the wives, ah. I'm teasing. But Solomon, Solomon was the third king of Israel. Saul was his grandfather. David was his father. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. But without applying that wisdom, it was useless. Oh, come on. He was the wisest man that ever lived. But if you don't apply that wisdom, it's useless. It goes to show you just because someone knows a lot doesn't mean they do a lot. Don't shout me to hell at once. Just because somebody knows a lot of information doesn't mean they actually apply the information. Oh, I know a lot about systems. Well, if you don't apply the information from the system, they're useless. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. Now, this... 
Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 1, says the Song of Songs, which is Solomon's. Solomon, we know, wrote over a thousand songs. Isn't that crazy? But this one was the most important. Solomon gave his life to figuring out the meaning of life. He was a poet and a songwriter, writing over a thousand songs. He married a whole bunch of people. Yeah, like 700 of them. Not my joke, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> I asked an older preacher one time, I said, why in the world would he <laughs> marry 700 women and have 300 concubines or porcupines, if you ask me, amen? He said, son, he wanted to come home and at least find one woman in a good mood, amen? <laughs> it's just a joke. I love you. You got to clear the air a little bit. Come on, when you're talking on some of this stuff. But this book was written to his first wife, amen? His true love. Not number 634. <laughs> I really love you, honey. Oh, what about the last 679? Amen. His true love, amen? But in the Song of Solomon, we see dating, courtship, marriage, and the honeymoon. There's actually even a scripture in Song of Solomon where they're celebrating at the honeymoon. And he says it like this. I don't care if y'all want to stay and eat the steaks the rest of the night, but I'm going to get my bride. <laughs> Why? Because God is the author of desire. Hear me. God is the author of desire. We're going to talk about this tonight. He's the author of relationships. He's also the author of sex. Ah. It's truthful. What I love about this book is God not only shows us romance and love in this book for all you romantic people, but he also shows us conflict and resolution within a marriage. I know you thought you and your wife were the only ones that have conflict and hopefully resolution. But God outlines it in the scripture for us. Why? To help us. To encourage us. And I really believe beyond a shadow of a doubt. Not just because it's February. But I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt. If the church would have stood up and taught the whole council. On the tough topics like this. Come on. We wouldn't be in the situation we're in nowadays. I hear preachers say all the time. Well, we believe all the gospel, and we teach all the gospel, whatever, except they would never, ever, ever dive into this book. Denominations, we teach all the gospel, well, 65 books. But what I believe is God wants us to know how to love because he's the author of love. I said, I believe God wants us to know how to love because he's the author of love. Before I give you the first point tonight, I want to be very clear. I don't know. Everybody comes from different backgrounds. There's people, some people in this room have been married a long, long time. And we celebrate you guys are amazing role models. Amen? I'll get Keith and Jody. How long have you been married? What'd you do, rob the cradle? Amen. I'm teasing. <laughs> 40 years. Ron and Linda, how long have you been married? 
45 in May. Pesci, how long have you been married? 44 years. It's amazing. So many couples around us from I go around around been married a long, long time. Amazing romance. Other people been married and divorced sometimes. Have had some things happen, different things. Hear me. God is in the business, though, of redeeming all things and restoring all things. Hear me. And don't ever put yourself down or hold yourself down because of a past situation. But now it goes, wait a minute. Yeah, I had a tough relationship, man. Yeah, I screwed some things up. We all have. Come on, somebody. But God, I want to go to you and get your counsel on this. I want to get your wisdom in this area. Come on. Pertaining to dating, young people, courtship, not just promise rings and whatever else. <laughs> then marriage. The wedding's the easy part. People think, oh, the wedding's so hard. Oh. <laughs> Get yourself a minister. Doesn't have to be me, hey, man. <laughs> a DJ. <laughs> Somebody take some pictures. A venue, whatever. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. But it's everything after that. Hear me. That we need God's wisdom on. We need God's counsel on. Folks, I, I mean... I'm raising two young kids. My son just turned three this week. It's crazy. Time flies. But it's almost impossible to not find a cartoon on TV anymore that's teaching stuff to your kids. That's contradictory to God's word. And meanwhile, the church is afraid to talk about stuff. Well, you came to the wrong church because this guy is not afraid to talk about anything. You know why? Because it's in this word. And someday, I'll stand before God, as will everybody in here. And the Bible says the fires of hell are stoked seven times as hot for people who teach the word of God. And I can't stand before him and say, yeah, I skipped that book. Oh, it talked about breasts and all kinds of things in there. I cut over all that. It was just too strong. But at least nobody got mad at me. No, get mad. I'd rather stand before God and say, no, I gave him the whole counsel. I tried to help them any way I could. And I, Lord, I thank you, being a married man and having two little children, that this book is in here. How about you, married people? Young people you aren't married yet? At least you get to learn the model. Come on, somebody. So number one tonight, love was created by God. I said love was created by God. What I love about God is God does not do love. He is love. Oh, come on. He doesn't do love. He is love. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4, 18, there is no fear in love. Come on, somebody. But perfect love casteth out all fear because fear involves torment. Don't shout me down all at once. Fear involves torment. If you hang around here any measure of time, you'll hear me say it over and over again. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. There's a precious lady, when we were taking communion, we were over in the other building, in her 60s. She had diabetes her whole life, taking insulin, all of a sudden, whatever. I felt the power of God come over me when we received a communion. I said, Sister Kathy, God's healing your body now. She got totally, right, Lana? You were there. Totally healed of diabetes. No more insulin. She, since then, has relocated to a different state. But every once in a while, she mails a check-in to give an offering to the God's house. Why do I tell you that? You know what her check says on it? Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. <laughs> Isn't that good? I'm here to tell you tonight, 
Maybe you're struggling in your sexuality. You're in the right place. Hear me. You're in the right place. Maybe you've blown it, failed marriages, all kinds of... You're in the right place. Maybe you've been married for 40 years. You're in the right place. Why? Because this is a house of love. This is a place of grace. And I want you to know, there's no fear. You could come in here with your hurts, your habits, and your hang-ups, and you can lay them at the feet of the old rugged cross. There still is, is a real God who really loves you. But you must know there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out all fear. Fear involves torment. You wake up in the middle of the night and your anxiety and your mind's racing and all this stuff. What is this? Fear. It's tormenting your mind. It's robbing your sleep. It's fear. Shame's a bully. I said shame is a bully. I had somebody so kindly write us last week. I said something about litter boxes. He said, I'm sending that tape to the attorney general. Make, yeah, make my day. Maybe he'll get saved too. Amen. <laughs> Think about this. Fear involves torment. Can I just be real transparent with you? The further you go in this life and the more you do, people are going to talk. And if you're not careful, the devil will allow that talk, hear me, and torment you with it through the, through the vehicle of fear. And it's an enemy of your faith. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, there's four types of love in the Bible. And the Greek words are phileo. Where's the word Philadelphia comes from, Amen. Like Philadelphia Eagles, who try to make a Super Bowl and can't. <laughs> or when they do get there, can't ever win. Come on, somebody. Sorry. I'm a Steelers fan. We got to feel your pain. But phileo is, is a brotherly love or a friendship. There's arios, which is a sensual, erotic, or romantic love. There's storge love, which is like family love. And then there's this other word, agape love, which is unconditional love. It's perfect love. It's love, hear me, that only you can get from the Father. Now, your spouse absolutely should compliment you, amen? Come on, nudge him, say amen. But hear me, your spouse can never complete you. Oh, I'm going to rub it. February 14th is coming, folks. You can love me or hate me, but this is still the Word of God. Your spouse absolutely should compliment you. But they cannot complete you. I said they can't complete you. Only God can complete you. And the problem is, especially a lot of you young people in relationships, you think your boyfriend or girlfriend, oh, I'm in love. I bet the odds you're barely in like. Amen. But the truth is, hear me. You're looking for somebody to complete you. You're looking for somebody to complete you when all they can do is compliment you at best. That's not a put down. That's the truth. When you realize only God can complete you, your spouse is there to compliment you, you'll go much further in this life. Say amen. 1 John 4, 19 tells us we love him because he first loved us. Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 4 says, He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Isn't that good? Now, wait a minute. He brought me to the banqueting house, and God didn't say, Failure, screw up, blown marriage, drug addict, homosexual, whatever. 
You want to insert in there. No, he brought you to his house and said, my banner over you is love. My banner over you, wait a minute, I'm the author of love. Come on, somebody, that I can only complete you, and you will only find true joy and true peace and true hope in me alone. But you must first have the revelation and the realization that God's banner over you is love. God's the author of love. Say amen. amen. Number two. Desire was created by God. Oh, boy. Now, let me set this up. Because your desires were God-given, they must be God-guided. Oh, come on. I'm going to retire after this. <laughs> Listen, because your desires were God-given, they must be God-guided. When they're not God-guided, you get yourself in trouble. Come on. <laughs> I'll give you an example. I know there's no strong personalities in the room. <laughs> that was a joke. Half you people are married to strong per Never mind. Right, Cindy? Amen. And uh, <clears throat> Here's the thing with strong personalities. Hear me. They can be a great gift from God. And strong personalities tend to attract strong personalities. Say amen. Until they start attacking. Strong, come on, somebody. They attract, then they attacked. Why does that happen? Because, hear me, desires from God, but it needs to be God-guided. Our strong personalities, I say are, come on, somebody. They have to be God-guided. In our relationships, come on. In every area of our life, I'm trying to go as easy with this as I can. Trying to paint the picture. I think y'all are getting it. Some of you are looking at me, huh? <laughs> Just sing just as I am. <laughs> we'll get there. But our desires, hear me, they must be God-guided. Song of Songs 2, chapter 2, verse 7 says, Promise me, O woman of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and the wild deer, not to awaken love until the time is right. Whoa. Can I? Not to awaken love until the time is right. Yes, God created you with those hormones. But you also got to have God guide you with them too. Some of you are looking very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> I don't know how else to break the ice for you without just kicking you in. Amen? No, it's truthful because if we would have took the time and taught this stuff, I never heard this stuff growing up. I'm not putting anybody down, but I never heard this stuff. I'm not picking on a certain denomination that's dealing with all kinds of stuff right now. But uh, hello, not letting your people get married? Probably not helping the hormone issue. I think you can read between the lines. You got all kinds of issues. Well, duh. Men are still men. Ladies, you're still ladies. Amen? We need God to guide our desires, too. Hello. You can't live off impulse and desires. You and I must live by the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can't live off of impulse. You can't live off desires. You have to live by the leading of the Holy Spirit. I didn't think I'd get too many shouts tonight. Proverbs chapter 5 says it like this. Drink water from your own cistern and running water from your own well. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad? 
streams of water in the streets. Let them be your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. Desire is not wrong. Hello? It's a gift from God, but it needs to be guided by him. It needs to be guided by him. And when it's not guided by God, hear me, that's why most churches have the same amount of pornography addiction within the church as they do outside the four walls. Don't shout me down all at once. And you got people struggling over and over and over again with addiction in this and addiction in that. And the truth is, it's because, yes, they have desires that God gave them, but they're not being guided by God. Then you got marriages, can I go a step further, that aren't fulfilled. I'll take that one amen. But the truth is, it's because this stuff hasn't been preached. Truth is, because people have not had the backbone to preach this stuff. And your kids are going to hell in a handbasket. And stuff's happening. And all kinds of, and, and he says, wait a minute, don't awaken that thing yet. Wait for the right time. Let God guide your desires. Why? Because if not, the devil's going to ensnare you and entrap you with something. Come on, somebody. And you're stuck on a cycle. I say you're stuck on a cycle or in a cycle. I didn't think this would be a shouting message. But it's the type of stuff that needs to get taught in churches again. Or we could just keep being like everybody else and doing like everything else and then wonder, well, God, why didn't you help me? Why didn't you intervene? Why didn't you? No, no, Because <laughs> we're missing the very basics of it. Did I, honestly, did I want to come here and teach this tonight? Not really. In the flesh? No, it's much easier just to preach you something. You'll shout, you'll clap, everybody be happy, and you go on your merry way. But the truth is, hear me, this stuff needs to be taught again. We all need to be better parents, better spouses. Come on. Better whatever it might be. How we can do that? By having our desires guided by God. Realizing that God's the author of love, amen? C.S. Lewis said, God made pleasure. It's the invention of God, not the devil. So what God creates, the devil always tries to distort. Can I take a step further? What God creates, the devil tries to distort. And then he entraps people and short circuits the plan and the purpose God has for their life. Get some hung on the proverbial wheel of whatever it might be. Look at Adam had it kind of easy. You know why? There was Eve. <laughs> Think about it. Man, who am I going to take for a wife around here? <laughs> your rib, that's who you're going to take. Think about it. Didn't have to wake in love at the wrong time. There was Eve. That's it. But the truth is, whatever God creates, the devil always tries to distort. Be it within a marriage, within the household, within the family unit. Come on. Marriage and the family has been under more attack than anything in this country. Because the devil knows if he could distort your family and distort your marriage, he's going to blow the whole thing up on you. That all kinds of issues stem from this stuff. 
Meanwhile, the church, oh, we can't talk about that. Oh, God, let them learn about it in PE class. Yeah, is that what you want to do? Look what they're teaching in PE class. Quite the opposite of what the Word says. Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Now, I'm sure all you guys talk like this at home. <laughs> Certainly. I know. Brother, you are holy. I know it was you. I didn't walk in there. Oh, my dove. Keith, that's just you and Heath, I think. Amen. The rest of us, we're still working on it. Think about this, though. Romance, love, this whole thing. Ladies are, ah, oh, guys are, what in the world? Come on. I don't talk to Sister Carolyn like that. I'm very open and honest. Amen. I'll give you an example. At nighttime, one of us likes the room very cold when we sleep. And somebody else likes the room very warm. Anybody else? Come on. Lie you fry. Lift your hands up in this place. We're going to do conflict resolution right now in the service. Come on, somebody. I don't like the cold anywhere except for when it's time to sleep. I don't know what it is. Colder, the better when I got to sleep. Anybody else? Oh, yeah. And then there's the other half of you who... You're probably married to. <laughs> and they want it hotter than Hades in there when you're trying to sleep. It'll change. <laughs> That's a whole different discussion. <clears throat> Next time I'm out of town, you could teach that part of the message, amen. <laughs> Who is that a hot flash? No, it's just the light, amen. <laughs> Look at you gotta be able to. Laugh teaching this stuff and preach this stuff, but the church is this stuff's got to be taught again. Come on. You got young people, oh, we're in love. I can't go without you, baby. I can't go five minutes without seeing you. What are you going to do when you got to work all your life? You're going to be going 40 hours a week without seeing her. Then let's throw a couple babies in the mix. And God knows they're just angels like you see on TV. <laughs> Two in the morning, Levi. Mom! I said, Carolyn, you're being summoned. Statement. <laughs> Come on, think about this. But this stuff isn't taught. This stuff isn't pre, but it should be. Come on, it needs to be. I wish, I mean, honestly, growing up, truthfully, that I had, I don't know how to say it, maybe a youth pastor, wherever we are in circle leadership, that would man up and say, look, I know your kids are going to goof off and laugh and whatever else about this stuff, but we need to talk about it. It needs to be taught again. And this is actually what the Word of God says about it. And yeah, I said uh, that book's R-rated because it's real life, but it is. This is real life stuff. This is called like very important to God because it pertains to the rest of your life. And the church is, well, I want to tiptoe around it. I, God, I don't want to talk about that. No, God's the author of it. It should be talked about. And not without in a shameful way. In a way that, no, wait a minute. You've come to Jesus, now let me help you here. Here's what God's word says about that. Come on, somebody. It would save a whole bunch of marriage counseling. I'm going to come over here because I feel the anointing. <laughs> We'd probably put all the divorce lawyers out of business. Come on. 
And I'm not shooting at you, but I'm telling you, God's word has stuff to say about this stuff. Look at God's the author of desire. He wants you to love your wife. He wants your wife to love you. Come on. And not in a distorted way. Not in a way that you got addicted to some sort of magazine or movie or whatever it is, and now you have a skewed view on how something's supposed to be. Now it goes back. Here comes the torment again. Here comes fear again. Here comes this stuff. And now it's causing friction in your marriage, friction in your relationship. Come on. Why? Because we awoke something we probably shouldn't have. Or because the devil distorted something. Hear me. And now we're trapped in something. Still love me? But what does the Holy Spirit produce? Galatians 5. But the Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I was teaching on the Holy Spirit the last four or five weeks. And I told you, God needs to be able to speak to you on everything from your morals to your money. There should be no part of your heart or your life that's off limits to God. Guess what? Including this too. You think God doesn't see all, hear all, know all? You think you're hiding something from God? Why you fry? Why not just give it over to him? Why not get free? Repent of something and say, Lord, I need you to help me in this area. God, I need you to guide my desires. Come on. Help me love my family better, my wife better, my church better. God knows my coworkers better. Come on. Number three, marriage was created by God. Love and marriage. <laughs> Some young people are, huh? Marriage was created by God. Come on. The Bible tells us in Matthew 19, verse 4. It says, And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Come on, somebody. And the two shall become one flesh. How many? Oh, no. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Now watch this. I believe, when it comes to divorce and issues and stuff like that, I don't believe it's, it's this big issue that just arises and then we split. But I believe it's little things. In fact, in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, he says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards. Our vineyards that are in bloom. One translation said, it's the little foxes that ruin the spoil. It's the little thing. Come on, you ever get a pebble in your shoe? It sucks. You could take a 300-pound guy that gets a pebble in their shoe next to Now, how small is that pebble? But it causes you all kinds of issues. It's the same way within your marriage. It's the same way within your family. Come on, somebody. It's little stuff. It's the little foxes that ruin stuff, that distort stuff, that pervert stuff. And it destroys your family. Still love me? All right, I'm going to take a little further. Getting married is easy. Say amen. I told you before, DJ, lights, boom, you're done. 
Staying married takes work. Can I take a step further? <laughs> Staying happily married for a lifetime is considered among the fine arts. Getting married, easy. Staying married, mm, could be a challenge. Staying happily married. My grandparents, last night they went to dinner to celebrate 55 years of being married. My grandma's here tonight. I call them mama and bampa. Why? I don't know, because I've been doing it since I was a baby. So I still do it, amen? All my friends know them as mama and bampa. 55 years. Hey, listen, is every day easy? No. Why you fry? There's challenges. There's different personalities. Come on, somebody. There's different things you'll go through. You'll deal with maybe it's financial tension. Maybe I don't know what it is. Is it a health issue? Different things. Can be hard. Can be challenging. Come on. Now staying happily married. That's a fine art. But according to God's word, it's obtainable. According to God's word, Marcia, if we let God guide our desires, hear me, we realize God's the author of love. We realize that marriage was created by God. It's obtainable. Ephesians chapter 5 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Whew. That's not a small task. I said, that's not a small task. Come on. Be honest. Nobody is perfect at giving love other than God himself. Say amen. amen. Lie you fry. It's the truth. But hear me. We all have room to grow. And as long as, we, hear me, we're following the leading of God's spirit. We're having God help guide our desires, guide our passions. Amen. I tell Carolyn all the time. I said, look, when you get to heaven, there's going to be a huge crown for you. Because you put up with me. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> there are even I better not <laughs> one time we were brother Ted and sister Bonnie in the car and they've been married a long time They're wonderful wonderful people of God I talked to them for an hour the other day on the phone and I'm not one for really talking on the phone amen he did most of the talking I just enjoy it and Carolyn said you got a car she says says sister Bonnie she said so this is what my life looks like in the future, huh? <laughs> we got to love our wives. As God loves the church, gave his son up for her. It's not always easy. Wives, is it always easy to love your husbands? Don't answer because you're sitting next to them. Amen. <laughs> but the church is, hear me, it takes work. But together, hear me being guided by God. We can do this thing. Together, we can weather any storm. Together, if we're having God guide us and God lead us. Come on, somebody. We realize that, God, you are the author of this thing. Come on. That, God, you are the one who guides our desires. The Father, marriage was created by you, so help us in this area, Lord. Why do I preach and teach something like this? Why? Because I just want to see the people of this church do well. Is this easy for me to teach and preach? Not really. Have I heard somebody teach and preach this stuff? Not really. But I'll tell you what, it's what the church needs. People need help in this area. I want to see people's marriages flourish. Young people, you know, getting married, I want to see you flourish and do well. Young people dating, thinking about getting married, think about it a little longer. Amen. <laughs> Not teasing. 
I want to see people do well. How are they going to do well if they haven't got counsel from God's word? <laughs> Number four, to love, truthfully, is to give and forgive. True love, to really to love somebody, is to give to them, but it's to forgive them too. Amen. Over and over and over again. Amen. You want to have a thriving relationship? It's give a lot and forgive a lot. When I have to try really give a lot, forgive a lot. The problem is we now live in a culture nowadays, it's just too easy to say, no, forget it, I'm out. Come on. No, screw it. There's somebody else. There's a gazillion dating apps out there. There's, all, there's a million fishing to see. And some of you guys think you're a 10. <laughs> Can I? Buddy, you're a negative two. Let me help you. <laughs> looking for Rachel. You better go with Leah. <laughs> but it, hear me. When you really love somebody, you give to them, but you got to forgive them too. As your pastor, if you love me, I'll be honest with you. You got to forgive me. Because I promise you, I promise you at one time or another, I'm going to fail you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to do something stupid. I'll say something stupid. Because you know why? I'm human. Let me help you. So are you. And guess what? If you're coming to this church, there's times I'm going to have to forgive you too. Oh, man. You know why I preach this stuff? Because I want to see this church mature. I want to see this church continue to grow and flourish. And I want to see relationships do well in this church. I want to see your single awareness day, find the other single awareness day, and things work out. I had one brother show up one night. He said, we just need a singles ministry. I said, I think you said that the last 38 churches you've been at, and it hasn't gone so well. Amen. I said, I got a ministry for you. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but really, hear me. Really, when you love somebody, you want to give everything to them. You will forgive them, too. Forget. Good, Brother Ed. I'm going to get there in a minute. But thank you. Were you reading my notes? <laughs> Carol and I, it's hard to believe, we've been married nine years, and ten, it'd be ten years in August. Yeah. Amen. Give God some praise. <laughs> Have we had a perfect marriage? No. And neither has anybody in this room. But I'll tell you what, we've had a marriage where we've done our best to keep God at the center. Have weathered some things like anybody else. And said, God, help, help guide our marriage. God, help us raise these kids. Come on. She come the other day, she said, Tyler, we're going to have to have a have a talk with one of the kids about something. They heard something on the TV. and God, guide our speech when we talk to our child about this. See the difference? Perfect? No, God alone is perfect. But when you put him in the center of this thing, come on, somebody. But when you love somebody, there's nothing you won't do for him. Come on, call for what it is. Some of y'all need to remember when you're a little younger and there's nothing you wouldn't do for your sweetheart. Now it goes, I'm going upstairs to watch TV. I don't want to watch this crap. <laughs> we're dating. We're inseparable. Come on. Some of you are laughing because you know it's true. Come on. Lie, you fry. I remember Carolyn and I... We were first going together, Brother Jim. 
I was saving for a Harley. And then I wanted to marry this precious girl. And I realized that engagement rings are expensive. <laughs> Brother Harrison, it even crossed my mind. Think she'll know what's cubic zirconia? <laughs> no, but hear me, when you love somebody, hear me, you'll give anything for them or anything to them. Oh, I'll never forget it, that jeweler. Ron counting that money out. It hurt. <laughs> Come on. Watch this. Ronald Lynn and I, they've been so good to us for such a long time. Ron had a couple of Harleys at the time. You know what he let me do? He let me ride one of his. Actually, it was Linda's bike. So I probably want more of a thanks to Linda than you, but it's okay. Watch this. Why? Because they love us. I love her. See how the circle works? Come on. Within the body of Christ, Amen. helping each other out, yeah. giving to each other, Amen. forgiving one another. When I gave Ruth her car back this week, she goes, my God, it didn't look like it was wrecked. I said, oh, it was. <laughs> I had a couple of friends tell me, why are you fixing? That thing's totaled. <laughs> she didn't even know what I was doing. Did you? I showed up at her house. Don't worry, I won't do this to you. I took her car. I promise I'm not one of those preachers. <laughs> I left her Carolyn's car, didn't I? And I fixed her car for her at no expense to her. Why would I do this? Because when you love somebody, hear me. You give. You forgive. And this is the stuff that needs to be taught so the body of Christ will be healthy again. Why is there church splits all the time? Why is there, I'm getting mad, I'm leaving the church and taking a pile of people with me. Why? Because you're not really in love with the church. Because if you love the church, you'd never touch God's church. You say, well, man, I need to love them, I need to forgive them, I need some help in this area. And you go like this, God, forgive me for holding a fence. Ted reminded me on the phone this week. He said, do you realize these people? <laughs> the Bible says, if you don't forgive your brother who you do see, your Father in heaven, who you cannot see, will not forgive you. Did they wrong you? Yes. But you have to forgive them. Give it over to God and move on. So I bought her an engagement ring. No cubic zirconia. <laughs> and you're in this path to marriage. And everybody expresses love differently. I'm not exactly a real, uh, what do you call that? like affectionate type person, believe it or not. You ain't going to see PFA with me. I don't like PFA. What do you call it? Yeah. <laughs> PFA's a... As you can see, once you're married, you'll be corrected your whole entire life. When you're right, you're still wrong. No, 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 no. PFA is what some of your exes put on you. PDA is what I'm looking for. Luckily, Sister Carolyn's sitting here in the front row tonight. If I told half the jokes I wanted to tell tonight, I would probably need a PFA. 
Oh, God. You're probably not going to see me hugging and rubbing and anything else on my wife because I don't like that stuff. That's just me. Now, other you people, you guys are like attached. You get a surgery, get you removed. Amen. But for me, I love giving people stuff. To me, that, that's me showing you love. I love to give beyond anything. I love giving in the offering here. I love giving to God's work. I love giving to help people. That's my heart. That's the way I like to give and show that I love. Yeah. Now, for, to me, it's weird when y'all are... Mm. <laughs> but some of y'all, that's your way of showing your love. Like these two. <laughs> Sister, I don't know who you pointed at. And I'm not going to look. Amen. <laughs> But really, when you love somebody, hear me. We got to give grace. We got to give love to one another. Give joy to one another. Peace to one another. Come on. Forgive each other. Sometimes that's a tough pill to swallow. Hear me. Sometimes you got to forgive people. It don't mean you ever got to have fellowship with them again. Well, you just forgive them and move on. Man, I've learned how to do that. But I tell you this, the moment generosity and forgiveness leave a relationship, it quickly comes to an end. The moment generosity and forgiveness leave a relationship, it'll quickly come to an end. The thing about God is all God does is give and forgive. Give and forgive. Give and forgive. Now, if we've been made the sons and daughters of God, shouldn't we be operating? Take a step further. Now that we got the PFA out of the way. <laughs> I do my best to help people laugh. Sometimes it's with my own stupidity. Amen. <laughs> I had somebody tell me to say, I'd like to preach for you sometime. I said, it depends. How good are you at insulting yourself? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? I said, yeah, you won't work out. Amen. <laughs> I, said, I personally insult myself at the expense of seeing people laugh. Amen. Or get corrected by my wife from the front row. <laughs> Either way, Brother Jim, God has a million ways to keep you humble. But watch this, because I see this a lot within marriages, that people start keeping records of wrongs. Yeah, but you know what they did to me seven years ago? I'm sorry, but it's time to forgive, give some grace, and move on. If you keep records of wrongs in your marriage, your marriage will never survive. Still love me? Yeah. See, the, some of the older saints have been married a long time. They're yesing and amen and right through this thing. Some of the other people are going, ah. <laughs> Come on, you, you, you all say this at the wedding. First Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. We'll work on that one. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Song of Solomon, chapter 8. Later in the book. I won't read the whole thing, because I'll probably clear the place out. But he says to his wife, his first wife. 
Come away, my love. Now they're old now. Be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountain of spices, which shows us even in their old age, they still had desire. Come on, some of you older men, I just set you free in this place. <laughs> they still had desire and passion and commitment for each other. Still had desire and passion and commitment. He's not a young guy at this point. This is later, later on. And he said, no, 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 just like when we were young. Come on. Maybe he puts on the Marvin Gaye like Abraham did at 100 years old. Come on, somebody. And join the party tent, the honeymoon tent, whatever you want to call it. But he said, no, 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 no. We still have desire. We still have passion. We still have commitment for each other. You know, if marriages had those three things, they wouldn't fail. Passion, desire, commitment. Even when you don't feel it. Even when things might be going on. Even when you're dealing with tough circumstances or situations. Go, God, help me. God, guide me. God, give me that same passion I had when we were on our first date. Some of y'all, oh. Some of y'all couldn't ride down the road before without holding hands. Now she's in the third row and you're driving. Amen. <laughs> They didn't just tolerate one another. They thrived together. They didn't just tolerate one another. They thrived together. You know what I want for people's marriages in this church? To thrive together. You know what I want young people that are thinking about getting married or someday you'll get married or whatever it might be? I want your marriages to thrive. I want you to do well in life. That's why I take the time and use a service to teach and preach this stuff. I want my marriage to thrive. I pray for it all the time. Pray for Carolyn and the kids every day of my life. God, help me. God, guide me. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching with you here. Use me, Lord. Help me be the man I need to be. Help me be the father I need to be. Help me be the husband I need to be. And then I pray a hedge of protection around Carolyn and the kids and that household. Because the devil will do anything he can do to try and destroy the family unit. Hear me. And this is how God sees one of the most important parts of your life. He doesn't want you to just survive. He wants you to thrive. He don't want you to just survive. He wants you to thrive. Yeah, but Tyler, I've been married three times. Well, I pray this fourth one sticks. Amen. No, hear me. That you do well. Well, I'm widowed. Well, what if you meet somebody again? Come on. And it takes you back to those days of being 21. Let me help you. You're in love. Not like the young people are in like. Amen. Maybe. But God has a lot to say about this. You know why? Because God wants you to thrive in your marriages. God wants you to thrive in your relationships. What are the chances? When I was writing this, I'm going, God, I don't want to preach this. I really. It's not a shout you down type of message. I hear all kinds of shouting upstairs from the kids. <laughs> it's not like they're having a great time up there. If you guys don't loosen up, that's where I'm going. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
Worship team, you can come back. Last scripture, Lamentations chapter 3. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Come on. That's the agape love. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. Isn't that good? His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. We used to sing that. Remember that? You better remember. I'm going to start singing. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Oh, come on, somebody. Why not come out of this place tonight free? Come on, come out of here free. And tomorrow morning, wake up and say, God, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, God, your mercies are new in my marriage. Your mercies are new in my relationships. Come on. For some of you, you don't have a relationship with your kids anymore. It's time to let that stuff go. It's time to forgive and give and bring down the walls. Because the truth is, the clock is ticking for every one of us. That's why David said, Lord, teach us to number our days. And as I walk through that, I see you last night. All those people by themselves. Crush me. Where's their families? Where's the people that love them? Or is it, hear me, that we've gotten so far from the way God wants to guide these things? Allow the world to push its agenda down the throats of our kids and our families, and now families are separated. Republican and Democrat are taking each other's necks. Who cares? Really. I know who I'm voting for, and I believe you should pray and vote too. Amen? But there's no point in splitting families over this stuff. We were just at a funeral recently. Families torn up between the stuff. All because of, you know, when Trump was president. Who cares? Now years of your life are going by. And your own family's not talking because it's, that's the devil. And I voted for President Trump twice. Well, a third time, too. Amen. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I'm not splitting hairs with anybody over it. It's my choice. Whoever you vote for, that's your choice. Quit splitting the churches over it. Quit splitting families over this stuff. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It's good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. That's Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 27. I woke up at 2 o'clock this morning. I'm laying there. <laughs> Carolyn's sound asleep. Kids sound asleep. It's just peaceful. And I feel the Lord speaking some things in my spirit. Begin to pray for all kinds of things, to be honest with you. Just some of the stuff I share with you. Pray for people I know. Pray for this church. Amen, that too. Hear me. And just to feel the sweet presence of God in the stillness of laying there in that bed. And I read the Bible for a while, and I prayed for a while. 
And then I finally started listening to some of my friends preach. Because this point is about five, quarter after five this morning. Carolyn woke up about quarter six. She said, what's that noise? I said, that's preaching. Amen. She said, well, shut it off. <laughs> We're still praying for her if you'd help us. We're believing. <laughs> Call a solemn fast here. Amen. <laughs> But really, I was praying for this church, praying for each and every one of you that's here tonight. I'm going, God, help them receive this. Help mature us, Lord. Help us flourish in our relationships, God. I hope you know I how much I really care about each and every person that's here. I really, really do. I am not a perfect man. You're not a perfect person. We're all imperfect people, but we serve a perfect God hear me. And I just want to see you thrive in your relationships. Your marriages, absolutely. But also in relationships outside of that too. You know why? I'm going to close with this. Because I believe, hear me, that how we handle our relationships can be the greatest testimony to the unbeliever. It can be the greatest testimony to the unbeliever. You might tell you're the greatest Christian in the world. <laughs> you're the big, biggest gossip in the world. You know what that says, the unbeliever? You can't tell those people anything. They can't be trusted. Instead, hear me. Walk humbly. Do your best to help people. <clears throat> Why? So you can look at me? No, just the opposite. So people know how much you love them, how much you care about them. Truth is, you can't even love people right until you know God and have experienced his love. Maybe this is too much for you. Welcome to February. You got 10 days and single awareness day will be over with. Amen. We'll move on to something else. What am I going to talk about Friday night? I have no idea. My friend Joe Jackson sent me a text. He said, can I come over there Friday night? Joe's this big old strapping guy. He played for the Vikings and the Jets. Wonderful man of God. <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, if you come over, though, I might make you sing. You should hear him sing. I used to play piano with him. He'd sing that song, More Love, More Power. Remember that song? He'd sing in the key of E minor. Joe's a wonderful man of God. He'll be in with us next weekend. Man, I feel the anointing. You know why? Because I know what I said, what God wanted me to say. Isn't that funny? Young people, this is the type of stuff that's going to help you, not hurt you. But you need to know this. This church is for you. This church wants to see you do well. This church doesn't want to see you fail in relationships and be messed up and all kinds of nonsense. No, we want to see you do well in every area of your life. The point of thrive, don't just survive, thrive. It's not just a catchy slogan or catchphrase or something. It's real life. I want you to do well at every stage of your life. And I hope you want me to do well too. If you don't, too bad. I'm here till the Lord says elsewise. 
Amen. <laughs> At least you like me. And I like you. That's more I can say about most. Amen. Thanks. Good man. Brother Grant, he told the team last Sunday night before we we get together upstairs and we go over the order of service and we pray together and bring it in. He said, I don't think you guys realize, hear me, what it's like not being here. He said, we take it for granted, didn't he? And him and I were talking about some of this the other night on the phone. And I think if we're not careful, hear me, folks. It's like we miss what God's doing. We miss what God wants to do in our relationships. Can I, some of the young people in the room, slow down. You got your whole life ahead of you. Some of the best marriage advice I've ever given. Don't marry a bum. <laughs> it's true. When I pray for the kids in this church, I'm telling you, I pray and ask God, protect them from relationships you don't want them in. Young kids are going to crush their hearts or vice versa. Nowadays, some of these guys are wusses. The women crush their hearts. <laughs> but really, hear me. I want to see people do well. I want you to do well. And I hope above all else, you really, really know there's a God who loves you. He has a great plan for your life. Even when you don't see it, hear me. He just wants to guide you in every area of your life. That help you? If it didn't, just lie and say yes. Amen. We'll forgive you. Whew. Man, I'm going to close here in just a moment. Not like you have anywhere to go. You're in Honesdale. I don't think anything opens around here till Tuesday afternoon anyway. <laughs> We've tried multiple restaurants. Please just stay open. <laughs> Got all kinds of people who come out of here, and they will come to your place. Or I'll come. Amen. And I'll leave you a big old tip because I'm hungry. There really is a real heaven, folks. There really is a real hell. This is not propped up. It's not made up. I can't believe nowadays the masses that are saying, oh, I'm deconstructing my faith and all oh, this. They're talking about Guiana, which is a trash heap and also whatever. There's all this nonsense going around. Trying to distort God's word. Trying to distort people's relationship with God. And the truth is, it's the plan of the devil to destroy your relationship with God. God will use other people. God will. The devil will use other people to destroy your relationship with God. He'll use gossip. He'll use negativity. He'll use drama. He'll use whatever he can use in his tool belt to get you out of the house of God. To get you away from the fellowship of believers. To destroy your relationship with God. That's why I preach stuff like this. Because there's no devil in hell that's going to destroy your relationship with God. And if he does, he's going to do it over my cold, dead body. I love you way too much. I hope you know that. There's people in that hospital, and I was walking through there last night with my dad. I was just going, God, I don't know how it's going to happen. But I pray you give these people an encounter with you before they meet you. I don't know any of these people, but God, I know you love them. I know you have a plan for them. I don't know what it's going to take, God. But somehow, some way, put them in relationship with you. I went back out to the car. My kids are having a dance party in the vehicle. Amen. <laughs> Music all cranked up. Yeah, right? 
come out of hospital and the car's like parked up, you know, like three lots up the top. I said to my dad, which car do you think's yours? <laughs> Let me give you a hint. It's the one you can hear from here. Amen. <laughs> Lights going, all kinds of stuff. Their mom lets them do anything. Amen. <laughs> I'm the strict one in the house, as you can tell. <laughs> the Gestapo. Right? I'll repent in just a moment. Amen. <laughs> Now, I won't embarrass people, but there's people in the sound of my voice, believe it or not, that needed this word tonight. In fact, a lot more than you would think. And I can see even by the Spirit, there's people in this room that because of failed relationship and different things that have happened in past marriages, they're having a really hard time moving forward in current relationships and what the Lord would have for them in the future. So I'm not going to embarrass people. I'm not going to go around laying hands on people. But I'm going to challenge you tonight to give that over to God. I'm going to challenge you to do this. Just what I preached tonight, these four simple points. Take this week, pray on those things, and see if within a week God doesn't remove some things in your life. And he'll allow you to feel his love and his presence unlike ever before. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Boy, that's strong. You know what's funny is? You do what he wants you to do, and you can just move with his presence easily. And people look at you, what are you preaching that for? Because that's what I felt he put for this house for tonight. You might not understand it, but I do, and he does. And that's what matters. I lay my head on the pillow tonight. Peace. Wonderful peace. When I get on that garbage truck tomorrow morning, <laughs> me and my brother spend a day together. I think one of your kids is upstairs. Amen. <laughs> no, as I said, your kid, never mind. Some of you got the joke. The other half of you are still confused. The kids came out of Peckville this morning whole bunch of them. And I said, look at these kids. I said, a couple of these kids are even mine. I said, they even look like me and everything. Half the people laughed, the other half looked at me like I was the devil. <laughs> Not myself. I better save the jokes for Honesdale. <laughs> a little more palatable. To be honest with you, I love that noise church is not supposed to be a morgue you know what I love that the kids are out of space upstairs so we're working on the building next door oh the kids shouldn't make noise in church I'd rather them in church than anywhere else my kids love coming to church the other night <laughs> close Lorelai has this piggy bank and she hits me up for money all the time we put it in the pig amen and that stupid pig is getting fatter and fatter, and dad is getting skinnier and skinnier, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and Levi's got an airplane. So if he finds out Lorelai's pig's getting fed, his airplane wants to get fed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> then my two nieces and nephew come through today. Hey, Uncle Tyler, you got any money? Right, Kevin? <laughs> what am I, an ATM? 
I said, I said, go find your father and tell him to give you some with some zeros on the end of it. Amen. <laughs> you know what touched me the other night? Or well, I was five. She just turned five in October. She says to dad and mom, me and Carolyn, she said, can I have an envelope? Yeah. I don't know what you mean. She said, I want to get my offering for Jesus. What night was this? Wednesday. I said, Lorelai, you got a lot of days till Sunday. She said, no. She said, I know I can't give all my money away. She said, but I want to give my offering to Jesus now. Out of all the crap I dealt with all week, let me tell you right now, Ron, that word there was just five years old. Faith like a child. I thought to myself, well, really, I'm giving the offering. That's a whole different story. Amen. <laughs> no, I got choked up. You know what I said? God, thank you, hear me, for guiding these children. And thank you, Lord, for using imperfect people like us to help raise these kids. That might not mean a lot to you. It meant everything to me. And she did, didn't she? She wrote her name on it. Gave money. She gave money to Peckville. Gave money here. And I got adults. I would never give a tithe or an offering. Jesus said, unless you have faith like a child, you'll never see the kingdom of heaven. I don't care who gets mad. Get over it. I got a five-year-old that gets it. A 55-year-old's grit their teeth. You know why? Because this stuff has not been taught. So I hope you know, I love you enough to tell you the truth. You might say amen, you might say ouch. But one way or the other, it's either going to cause you to grow up or get down. <laughs>